A young mother is awoken from her deep sleep when she hears a strange voice coming from her child's room. Now we meet a woman whose mind is being infested with voices that aren't hers. Most people would call her insane, but she believes the voices are turning her into a better human being. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. Hope you guys are having a great day too. Hope you guys are having tons of fun doing whatever you're doing. We got a lot of stuff to cover, so first off, let's get in. One of our supporters of the show walking into Dead Rabbit Command, a longtime listener, a longtime supporter. Give it up for Fabio. Woo! Everyone give a big round of applause as he's walking in, walking in Dead Rabbit Command. Fabio recently bought me a book from my Amazon wish list that's in the show notes. The book is 100 Deadly Skills, the SEAL Operative's Guide to Eluding Pursuers, Evading Capture, and Surviving Any Dangerous Situation. What an amazing book. You know, I'm looking through it. I thought this was going to be a book like, if a mugger's following you, this is what you're supposed to do. This book is way more advanced than that. This book is like if you're trapped in Tehran and your cover's been blown that you're a CIA operative, here's how to escape from your captor. This book is dope. This is a really cool book. Fabio, thank you so much for sending it over. I've just been browsing through it, and I already know how to turn a tampon applicator into an ice pick. It's amazing. I love it so much. So, Fabio, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon, I totally understand it. Just help spread the word about the show. That really, really helps out a lot. Fabio, let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the Dead Rabbit Dirigible. We're leaving behind Dead Rabbit Command. We're flying all the way out to a suburban neighborhood somewhere in America. The story was recently posted online by someone going with the handle of something Joker. We're going to call you Jake. We're going to call you Jake. If that's your real name, is just a guess. I'm I'm not a psychic. Now, Jake is an adult, and recently he was talking to his mom. They're sitting in the kitchen, and he's, like, eating donuts. He didn't actually say what his diet was at this time. He's like, you're lying. I'm keto right now. Jake is sitting in the kitchen. He's eating raw steak, and he's talking to his mom, and halfway through the conversation, he noticed his mom kind of stopped and was just staring at him. It wasn't because he was eating raw steak. It wasn't because blood was dripping from his hands onto the kitchen floor. His mom just kind of stopped and was staring at him. And he's like, hey, what, is everything okay, mom? Like, what's going on? And she goes, I never told you this story. But I guess I need to tell you this now. When Jake was five years old, his mom puts him to bed. Mommy, tell me a story. No, not tonight. You didn't hear any stories. You didn't eat all your raw meat. But mommy, it makes me sick. Well, you're not getting a story tonight. And the mom puts the five-year-old to bed, and she crawls into bed with her husband. The parents' room is next door to Jake's. She crawls into bed with her husband, and they are all soon asleep. But in the middle of the night, Jake's mom wakes up, and she hears a voice. Well, you know, what you need to do is that when your taxes are due, you should probably do them. And then you fill out. She hears this voice and she's talking about random stuff and she's slowly waking up. She can't really make sense of what's going on. She goes, the only thing I can really 
describe it as is it sounded like somebody giving advice, talking about like taxes, talking about like college stuff. And I'm laying there in bed and I'm hearing this voice, this adult male voice talking about this stuff. And I assume it's my husband talking in his sleep. But I look and he's not. He's just asleep. It's just the boring kind of sleep. He's not talking during it. And I'm sitting there. And then I realize the voice is not coming from our room. It's coming from your room, Jake. I heard a strange adult voice coming from your room. I freaked out. I jumped up, ran out of the room. I ran to your door and swung it open. And there, Jake, standing over you while you were sleeping, was a man. Now, this is a, that would be a terrifying story, right? If your parent told you one night I walked into your bedroom and there was a stranger talking to you while you were sleeping. That would be weird enough. I'm sure Jake, I'm sure Jake couldn't wait for the story to be finished. I don't think his mom, I don't think his mom went on to a short segue after she started it. She's like, oh, but you know what? Let's make toast. And she's like, dun, 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 dun. And he's like, mom, finish the story, finish the story. She says, I swung the door open and there was a stranger standing in your bedroom. And when the door opened up, he said to you, quote, oops. Guess I gotta go now, kid. And then he vanished. Not vanished as in he jumped out the bedroom window. Not vanished as in he ran past me and vanished into the night. No. Jake, he disappeared in front of me. Jake had never heard this story before. He's gobsmacked. He has no idea. He goes, Mom, well, what was the guy saying? You said that you could hear him talking. She goes, just random stuff. He was talking about random stuff. He was talking about college and taxes. It sounded like he was giving advice. But I never told you that story. I didn't know even how to process it myself until this moment when I'm talking to you in the kitchen. I didn't get a clear look at the guy. But if I had to guess, he kind of looked like you do now. And he sounded like you do as well. An interesting story of time travel. That's really what's going on here. We covered a story like this pretty recently. And it was along the same lines. It was a car accident where a stranger showed up to console one of the victims of the car accident. And then the stranger just kind of disappeared. It was He didn't do it as much as this it wasn't as magical i think he just kind of walked away or you know when the emts got there this guy just he just kind of got lost in the crowd and then i think it was like 10 20 years later the victim of a car accident was looking in the mirror and he realized he was the guy that he saw along the car accident fascinating story here we have something that is the same but far less dramatic <laughs> just giving him advice somebody came back to give him advice about life just basic stuff. Do your taxes. Go to college. Didn't seem to be any world-shaking stuff. Fascinating story. And again, there's a thing in the paranormal world, and I think you can kind of extrapolate it to everywhere. Once is an anomaly. Twice is a coincidence. But a third time, now it's a phenomenon. Now it's something that has to be cataloged in the world of high strangeness. So now we have two times of two people coming back from the future 
to visit younger versions of themselves, which in the world of High Strange, and we, you know, time slips, we believe in this stuff. What's interesting about this, though, is that these stories are happening now. If this was a time traveler using some sort of time travel device and came back and was like, dude, wake up, wake up, five-year-old me. I got to tell you all about our fourth year of college. It's going to be insane. That'd be one thing, but the time travel devices don't exist now. And both of these stories have taken place where they're already in the future. Our future is our present. Does that make sense? Like, if it happened today, if you saw a version of you 50 years in the future, we could say, well, maybe time travel is accessible 50 years in the future. Maybe it's common. Or maybe you're a thief and you broke into a time travel facility specifically to go back in time and visit you. But because these stories are taking place now... We know time travel doesn't exist as a function. That must mean, and we sh we'll see if we find any other stories like this, that time travel is possible now. Because we've come across two stories in only the past couple months that sh talk about people going back in time and visiting younger versions of themselves. Which means time travel is possible now. It may not need a device. It may be a mental thing, but it's possible now. First time's an anomaly, second time's a coincidence. Maybe these are the only two events. But if we continue to find stories where people are visiting younger versions of themselves and the adult, like you have a kid who remembers seeing an adult version of themselves and now they go, and I woke up and it's 2022 and I realized I was the man. That means time travel is possible now. We are in the era of time travel because now we've found two stories where an adult from today has gone back to talk to a younger version of themselves. If these stories are true, this is earth-shattering stuff. We are in the age of time travel now. Now, is it a technological time travel or has something happened where we can reach back in time with our psyche? We don't know. First time is an anomaly. Second time is a coincidence. And these may be the only two stories that exist, but if we find more of these, this is a phenomenon. We now have the ability to time travel. Fascinating story. Also, I would say, if you do figure out how to time travel, <laughs> giving yourself advice, I mean, this guy might have bombed out on college and the IRS coming after him, and he's like running down a hallway and he sees like a time warp and he's like, woo, goes through it. And that was the only thing you can think of. He's like, listen, finish college and pay your taxes. But it just seemed like pretty much adult advice. If you're going to go back in time, do something more spectacular. <laughs> Listen to me. Listen to the guy recording a podcast in his haunted closet. If you figure out how to go back in time, do something more with it than just talking about taxes. But fascinating story. If there are more of these where the adult versions are from today and not from 20 or 30 or 40 years in the future, time travel is possible now. And that very well may be the case. Fabio, let's go ahead and touch the keys of the Carboner Copter. We are leaving behind this house. We are headed all the way out to a mental hospital. We're going to buzz the building. People are like, oh, I see a helicopter out there with thousands of people who listen to this podcast. How does this even work? We're like throwing, going around in circles wearing spooky masks just to rile them up a bit. Just to rile them up a bit. And then we're going to land on the roof and we're going to walk through this mental hospital. I mean, we're... 
We're really, really bringing the heat today. We're walking through this mental hospital, and we're pretending we're doctors, and we have all of these files and stuff like that. We're rifling through. We're, we're mixing them up. We're mixing them up. Some guy's about to get released, and he's like, all right, I'm going to go home and see my family. He's like, what? I have phantom pregnancy. What? I don't have phantom pregnancy. He looks down. He goes, oh, wait. Yeah, I do. He has a big, giant ghost baby in his belly. We're mixing up all the files. Just general chaos. But... The real reason we're <laughs> the real reason we're here, other than hilarious practical jokes, is we are looking for a particular file for this young woman. This is a really interesting story, and it's one of those stories that got deleted. Like I was able to save it. We do have it on the Wayback Machine. It was something that I had set aside. I wanted to look into, and then it got deleted. Uh, the user deleted it. We don't even have a username for them. We'll call them. Samantha, if that is your real name, it is just a guess. Fascinating story that Samantha has to tell us. Ten years ago is when this story starts. Samantha's a young married woman just living life the best that she can, like all of us are doing, right? When one day her brain just seems to break. For lack of a better term, it just breaks. She she thinks she's going crazy by her own admission. She goes, when this started, I thought I was going crazy. I went to go speak to a doctor. I got put on medication. I knew something was wrong. It's not one of those people who go crazy and they just assume that they're not crazy. She knew something was wrong. And what she was seeing was she was experiencing these visions and she keeps using the word vision, but she does clarify. She goes, what it is, it's not necessarily a visual hallucination. My brain began to become overloaded with a complete understanding of things, of reality, through images in her head. So it wasn't that she was having full-on visual hallucinations, but all of a sudden, her brain began being flooded with images. Super complex. She knew it was fictional. She knew that this stuff wasn't real, but it was a super complex storyline just began to build and branch out and constantly evolve inside of her mind. And it involved this world where angels lived among humans and there were these aliens coming down trying to create hybrids as well. And all of this was being controlled by Player X. Player X was this supreme alien intelligence that was playing the video game we call reality. This is all just a simulation, you see. We are trapped in the simulation, and there is an alien intelligence that is playing it, and we are part of this game. We're not puppets of the alien, apparently. We're not here to serve the alien. We're basically characters that populate this game and also in this game are other aliens who are simulations they are not real and the angels are not real we're all part of the simulation now listen i knew this was not real i knew this was fiction but it was so overwhelming she goes, I couldn't focus on anything. I couldn't focus at work. I couldn't even focus at life. Imagine daydreaming nonstop. That's how she describes this. And the medication the doctors were giving her was not working. She doesn't give much detail on this part. I, I feel like there's some information missing. And again, unfortunately, this person has disappeared 
will never be able to verify anything they write again is the original poster. But they say at some point she fell into an alcohol-induced coma. So I don't know if she had a serious drinking problem before these visions started. I don't know. I mean, obviously, obviously, if you get to the point where you drink so much you go into a coma, you have a drinking problem at some point. I don't know when it started. I don't know if she was trying to drink away the visions. But she said everything got worse when she came back out of the coma. She said she began to have visions of a future lover. There was this man who was going to come into her life. Now, remember, she's married. But these visions are so overwhelming, she believes that this man is coming to save her and that her current husband is evil. He's going to do horrible things to her. Now, she knows the visions are fictitious, but she can't stop daydreaming. She makes the decision to leave her husband. So she ends her marriage and moves on. Now, what's interesting is, remember, she's writing this 10 years later, and she goes, there never was a future lover sent my way. I never met the man that the visions told me was coming. However, I do not regret leaving my husband. And here's why. The voices... This is the era of the voices. She begins to hear voices in her head. She hears them. This sounds This sounds just so... I can't even imagine this. She said, the voices are talking. This is insane. The voices are talking unless she is talking. If she is not saying anything, the voices are in her head, and it is constant. We have a young man in town here who has been gone for about 10 years. He was this young man who just, he turned 20, and he went insane. Uh, probably schizophrenia, right? It tends to pop up in that age, 20 to 30, I think is kind of that age range. He turned 20, he started to go insane, and then he disappeared for 10 years, which worries me, because that usually, 10 years is usually a jail stint, right? But nobody knows. Right, I guess his family knows, but it's not like they're going to put it in the newspaper or anything like that. He goes away for 10 years, he's back, and he just walks down the street, up and down the street, talking to himself, talking to himself. And I always just figured, you know, I, I think we've all had encountered someone who's crazy, who's talking to themselves. I always figured that was, they were, that was just because they were crazy. But I'm wondering if talking to yourself, at least in her case, it let her have some peace. The voices went away when she was talking. So maybe they're not talking to the voices in their head. Maybe they're talking to stop the voices. I don't know how common this symptom is. The talking stops the voices. What's interesting too is that this man, this young man, he looks relatively healthy. He's not a street person. He lives somewhere in the area with his family, but then he just walks around it takes you a while to realize something's off because nowadays people are constantly walking down the street talking to themselves with a little Bluetooth in their ear. Like, I thought he was just on a phone. I thought he was just on the phone all the time. No, he's suffering through something. He seems quite nice, but again, I don't know where he's been for the last 10 years. When she talks, though, the voices go away. But, and she is very, very clear on this. She spends the rest of her post talking about this. The voices help her. She said the voices taught her how to diagnose a tumor. They said if it feels like a grape, it's benign. If it feels like a rock, it's not benign. It's malignant. 
I do not do not take that as medical advice. Don't take anything this podcast says as medical advice. She says so when she had a tumor, she felt it and she goes, Oh, that's just a grape. But she did go she did get it taken out. She wasn't like, I oh, don't worry about that. But she said that allowed her to diagnose it. So when the doctor said, You have a tumor, but don't worry, it's benign, it gave her she go she knew that the voices were telling her something true. We did an episode a long time ago about a woman who had two voices in her head that was telling her she has a brain tumor. I'll put that episode in the show notes. That one's fascinating as well. But that one, well, I won't spoil it. I won't spoil that one or this story. Let me go ahead and keep going this one. So she can tell when she has a tumor and the the voices told her how to tell the difference between a malignant or a benign one. Now that's something that maybe she came across when she was reading a magazine, a Time magazine article five years ago. It's knowledge in the back of the head. It doesn't really mean anything if the voices are telling you that. But these voices also begin to give her advice. They begin to tell her she needs to start doing better at work. Which the fact that she's still employed at this point is mind-boggling, but it's good, right? I'm not saying that she should be fired because she's having visions and hearing voices, but I don't know. I don't necessarily know if HR was informed of all that either. It's not really any of their business, but the voices are telling her that she needs to do better at work. And she goes, the voices are actually giving me advice on how to be better at work. She says it starts to turn me into a more assertive type A personality. Like I'm listening to the voices. They're telling me what to do. And it is good advice. They even taught me, and she. what's interesting is she knows what she's saying sounds insane. She goes, I know this is going to sound super weird, but the voice has taught me how to apply my makeup better. I look better. I physically look better. The voices have told me, they're like, not so much blush. You look like a French hooker. And going along with looking better, she goes, the voice has actually got me to lose 50 pounds. Now, I don't know if they were like insulting her, calling her tubby, or they were just voices going, come on, one more push-up, you can do it. Or maybe both. I don't know. I have no idea. She didn't go into detail, but she said through the advice from the voices, she lost 50 pounds. She became a better person at work. She came, became a more assertive person in general, and she's better at putting on her makeup. And the voices were very clear with one more piece of advice. Don't tell anyone about us. Don't tell anyone about us. Because every time you tell someone about us, even if you're trying to say that the voices help you do good things, they will think you're crazy. And you've seen that. So just take our advice and don't tell anyone we exist and everything will be a-okay. Fascinating, right? She's a better person now through the advice of the voices. She's healthier. Better worker, all that stuff, right? But then the voices tell her they have made her, quote unquote, divinely sober. So again, I think there's a might be a drinking problem here. A drinking problem floating around this whole narrative that's not really being addressed. Because sobriety is definitely something that these voices were working on. But these voices have made her divinely sober. They've actually challenged her to prove that they have made her divinely sober. So the voices tell her, you will need a physical proof of this miracle we've given you. So prove it. And what she does is she grabs an entire bottle... I'm assuming it's a 750 milliliter bottle of absolute vodka. 
drinks the entire bottle. She doesn't get drunk. She then thinks, well, okay, that, that, the fact that I just drank what really is toxic to the human body. That's what causes you to get drunk because it's poisoning your body. And I didn't get drunk. Well, maybe that was just a one-off. Luckily, I have a 12-pack of White Claw here. She drinks the entire 12-pack of White Claw, or two six-packs. I don't know how they sell it. Do they sell it in the case? I don't know. I don't drink. She drinks the bottle of Absolute Vodka. She drinks all of the White Claw. And now, for the first time, she has a visual hallucination. She says her entire visual space, all of her peripheral vision, is filled with beautiful colors. And the voices say, you can even close your eyes, Samantha. Close your eyes and you'll still see this beautiful vision. And so she does. She closes her eyes and for 30 minutes she is enveloped in peace, in comfort. Her entire existence is at rest as she's watching this beautiful imagery play out behind closed eyes. The post ends with her saying there's so much more stuff that I could talk about and I don't even really know where to go into detail. I've already already spent a lot of time talking about all this other crazy stuff, but she didn't mention she can write. This is this is so interesting. She can write, she can physically write stuff down for 3 days without being hungry. What? That's such a weird combination of things, right? Like, there's no combination between writing and being hungry. It's not that she can just go three days without eating. She can write for three days straight without being hungry. And then, this was I wanted more clarification, like, this sounds awesome. I want to have a battle with you. She can rap for four days straight. Wicked, wicked, what? I'd be down for that. I'd be down for that rap battle. I do my minute and she does her four days, and then I get one minute. I get a one-minute rebuttal. Rapping for four days straight. Rapping is actually a symptom of schizophrenia. I'm not saying that Fabulous and Lil Wayne and all them are schizophrenic, but a lot of times schizophrenics, what they'll do is they make connections between things, and rapping is all about making connections between things. So I talked about this on like one of my first episodes where when I grew up in San Lorenzo, one of the places I grew up, there was a, a homeless schizophrenic dude named Joe Trombone. I don't think that was his actual name. I don't think the Trombones, Mr. and Mrs. Trombone had a baby and they named him Joe, but everyone in town called him Joe Trombone, and he would rap. You'd get on the this is back in the 90s, and you'd get on the bus, and you're like, Joe Trombone would be on the bus, and he'd be like, Yo, Joe, bust out a rap. And the guy'd be like, and he'd just start rapping about random stuff. There's actually, I when I talked about him years ago on this show, someone sent me a link. He's on YouTube. Fascinating um side effect of schizophrenia is the ability to rap because you're making connections between things. She finishes out her post by saying her life is going really, really well. It's going better than it was before. And she said she wanted to impart this message to us. And this is really interesting. She said, What the voices taught me was to be happy, you must sacrifice. If you want to be in shape, time you would rather spend sitting there watching television, you have to work out. Sure, we all want to eat. Papa Murphy's Pizza every night, but you can't. 
You have to sacrifice that delicious meal for no meal or eating oats that night or something, assuming you're a horse or like, oh, you know what I mean? Like to physically get fit, you do have to sacrifice. And there are things that you may go, I want to be able to do X, Y, and Z, but I will have to sacrifice parts of my life to work this job. That's not the best job, but it allows me to go these places. To be happy, you must sacrifice. If you want to have a good family, you have to give up some of your time, or a lot of your time, really. To be happy, you must sacrifice things. Very, very interesting. I hadn't really thought about that. And she said being honest, too. When you're honest, when you're being honest with someone, you're actually sacrificing something. It's actually more, it's easier a lot of times to lie. But sometimes you have to sacrifice a little bit of your comfort, and you have to admit the truth for true happiness to be there. Great way to end this if... That was the way she ended this post. That was near the end. What we see truly at the end of the post is, quote, But there's a very dark side to these voices. I think that side has passed, but I don't really know what will happen. Fascinating story and a fascinating look at mental illness. I mean, that's the one way we can look at it, right? The scientific way that she's suffering some sort of mental illness. Or we can look at it from a paranormal angle that these voices are coming from somewhere else. Maybe the future, like the first story. Maybe an angelic presence or an alien presence. Because we cover a story where all of those things are possible, right? And I'll talk about someone getting telepathic messages from aliens, and I won't really use the word mental illness. But when she gives us the full picture, the full scope of what's going on, it's really hard to classify this as anything but mental illness. The fact she classified it as a mental illness in the beginning. But what's really, really, really interesting and kind of scary, and we'll wrap it up like this, she's telling us half the story, right? She is not giving us all the information we need to really see what the intention of these voices are. And she admits it in the end. There's a very dark side to these voices. I think that side has passed. Other than other than getting her to drink all the alcohol... Would anything that those voices told her to do be considered negative? And I guess you could argue her leaving her husband, right? But she saw that as a net positive. But she left out the darkness of the story. When she wrote this story, she left out... There is nothing in the story. I read you... I mean, obviously, I'm paraphrasing. I didn't read it verbatim or anything like that. But it's in the show notes. You can read it yourself. And if you do choose to read it yourself, you will not see anything in there that you could classify as a very dark side. She doesn't tell us any of that. This is a very rose-colored version of what these voices are telling her. There is nothing in there... We get no glimpse into the dark side of these voices. We get no glimpse into the dark side of herself. I think that side has passed, but I don't really know what will happen. She's leaving out so much. We only get the good stuff. What other things have these voices told her to do? Maybe she's ignored them in that moment. Maybe she's done them. But we don't, she's not telling us the total story. It's not like we have a right to, right? It's not like she has to tell it. But when someone's telling us that their mental illness has given them a positive effect and then they end it going, but there's a very dark side to this as well and we have no information and that is super suspect.
it makes me wonder who the audience for this post really is. It was posted on the High Strangeness board, the High Strangeness subreddit, but it makes me wonder who the audience really is. Is it people interested in the paranormal? Is it people who are interested in mental health? Or is it to people who are also experiencing these symptoms? Just because it was posted on this Reddit board doesn't mean that it hasn't proliferated in all other sorts of forums and boards across the internet. Just found it here. Who was the intended audience for this? Was it people who were struggling with hearing voices in their head and they were trying to fight them? And this story says, don't worry, the voices will lead you to good decisions. I'm a better person once I started listening to the voices in my head. Once I removed myself from my husband, the closest person to me who could see any sort of problems, now I'm in my own world and I don't tell anyone I'm going through this. The voices are helping me, and the voices can help you too. I mean, that's kind of what the message of this is, and is the recipient of this story other people who are hearing voices in their head? And then you have to ask yourself, who wrote this? Was it Samantha? Or was it the voices in her head? Was she commanded to put this out there? Was she told that if she posted this, it would help her be a better person? Only for it to spread a harmful message? Is it possible that the voices in her head crafted this post and the only true line coming from Samantha is that last line? A warning. That is the only time she shone through past the voices. There's a very dark side to these voices. Who wrote this? And why? With the post deleted and the account closed, we'll never know for sure. But if people struggling with mental illness come across this post in their search for answers? Will it convince them to seek medical help? Will it have them seek advice from their spiritual leaders? Or will they read this and find some solace? Will they read this and find they are not alone? Will they read this post and decide to listen to the voices. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be your email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. TikTok is at DeadRabbitRadio. DeadRabbitRadio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. Peace.